0: I am super excited this morning because we have the amazing Gabby coming to speak to us. Woo, let's give her a warm warm welcome. Uh, Gabby is one of our students here at St. Matt's, and we love our students. I hope you know how loved you are. Um, And our students serve in all different ways within our church. They have so many gifts that they bring. Our church is so much the richer for having them, and Gabby is speaking with us for the first time on a Sunday morning. Gabby's spoken before at Students, and uh, you've obviously seen her up on the stage in other ways. Beautiful singing voice. Some people are just too gifted, but there we go. Uh, But she is speaking to us this morning, which is amazing. So I'm gonna move this over for you. These aren't for you, are they? I mean, they could be, but I don't think so. Okay, great. Let me do, this is fun, isn't it? Uh, I'm gonna stop talking, move the table, (laughs) and then hand over to you. Oh, even better. There we go. Thank you, Adam. Look at you serving the church. That's amazing, (laughs) wonderful. Over to you, Adam. Good morning, everyone. It's so exciting to be here. Um, Isn't it a gorgeous weekend? As Vanessa said, I'm Gabby, I'm a student here. Um, If you have been coming for the last few weeks, you'll know we're currently in a series called That's What I Go to Church For. We've talked about and we've celebrated what it means to be the church, both together in this building and apart in the wider world. If you haven't been here for the last few weeks, don't worry because this isn't like one of those TV shows where you have to have seen the previous episode to get this one. You're so welcome here, especially if you're new. Did anyone watch the Eurovision final last night? Nice, uh, me too. I'm a big singer, well, I like to sing anyway. So I used to wish that I could go and compete at Eurovision, but then I realized you have to be a bit famous to do that, so the dream kind of died. I'm also a big lover of the outdoors, especially when some kind of thunderstorm is going on. Anyone else? Yeah, thunderstorm lovers. I also grew up doing dancing and ballet, Was anyone else, when they were younger, put in, I don't know, dance lessons or football classes or martial arts by their parents in the hopes that we'd grow up with some kind of discipline or decorum? Yeah, me too. Did you ever get those kids in the class that just seemed to be better than everyone else and just got the steps or the moves perfectly, they were the teacher's favorite, they got all the best parts, and it was just really hard to be at their level? My mum will try and tell you that I was one of those kids, but as any of the mums in this room know, she is too biased to comment. I'm sure whatever activities you grew up doing, there were those people that just seemed to be gifted. And excitingly, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. This week, we're talking about what it means to be gifted and what on earth we're supposed to do with our gifts. We're going to be looking at a little passage from the book of 1 Peter. If you have a Bible with you, you're welcome to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to be reading from verses 8 to 11. If you don't have a Bible or you don't want to read from your phone or a physical Bible, then I think the words are going to come up on the screen, and I'm also going to read them out for you. So here they are. Verses 8 to 11 say, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pray really quickly. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is still relevant today, that you love us and you've given it to us. Please speak to us today in the way that we need you to speak to us. Hopefully, by now, everyone will have found a few things that they're just gifted at. What is it you feel that you're gifted at? Maybe it's dancing, it might be music or hockey. Maybe it's climbing. You could be really good at skiing or ice skating. Maybe you're really good at sound, on the sound desk. Um, Maybe you are really good at cooking. I've recently developed a gift for knowing exactly how much spice to put into a meal to make it exactly the right amount of spicy, but my housemates would say it's too much spice. Um, Maybe your gift is something else. Maybe you're an awesome listener. Maybe you always have the confidence to go and ask for extra ketchup. And maybe you always seem to know what to say when someone else is upset. Maybe your gift is even admin. If it is, I salute you because I am terrified of admin. But whether you know it or not, you are gifted. Peter says whatever gift you've received, not if you're gifted and talented. This message is not for the select few. As Christians, we believe that all good things come from God. James puts it better in his book of the Bible than I can, so I'm going to quote him. In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says... Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light who does not change like the shifting shadows. This means that all those beautiful little gifts and quirks that we have are from him. This is true for practical gifts like tap dancing as well as personality-related gifts and spiritual gifts. God also provides us opportunities, motivation, and strength to use our gifts as the passage says, strength that God provides. Why does God give us gifts? For starters, he loves us like a father loves his children. Plus, we're created in his image, so many of the gifts we have reflect some of his character. For example, wisdom or kindness or patience. Another reason is that as we can see from the Bible and from our own lives, God doesn't just do everything for us while we lounge about. He wants to partner with us. A great example of this is Moses. Moses was a man who lived back in ancient Egyptian times and he appears in the Bible book of Exodus. If you've seen the Prince of Egypt, it's that guy. God asks Moses to do tons of scary things in his lifetime, for example, parting the Red Sea. God could have done this with or without Moses' help, but so often God asks Moses to physically use the gift he's been given, for example, leadership, to partner with God. Today, we have the same privilege. If you're thinking to yourself, that's great, Gabby, but what am I supposed to do about it? What relevance does this have at 10 a.m. on a Monday in my lecture hall? What does it mean at, uh, when my children are screaming in my face? What about at 11 p.m. on a Friday when I'm exhausted and someone's just called to ask for my help? If you're wondering all these things, fair enough. One of my favorite songs at the minute is Worthy of It All. And some of the lyrics in the chorus say... For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. This, I think, gives us a little clue as to how we're supposed to use these wonderful gifts that we've been given. Verse 11 from our passage says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God doesn't give us gifts for no reason. We're created on purpose for a purpose, and every part of us is carefully considered. God gives us gifts, specific gifts, that will help us with whatever he's called us to do. Because these gifts aren't of ourselves, our response should be to try and use these gifts for God's joy and his purposes, This doesn't have to be something scary, and it definitely doesn't mean you should put pressure on yourselves to be absolutely perfect all the time, which some of us, including myself, are a bit guilty of. Practically, this might look like joining a team at church that aligns with our gifts. Verse 10 says we are to use our gifts to serve one another. This might also look like cooking for a meal, a meal for a friend who's going through a difficult time, or maybe drafting an email for someone if admin is your thing. My mum does this for me on a very regular basis because, again, terrified of admin. Plus, this idea of using our gifts to serve goes beyond our little friendship groups and beyond even the wider church. We can use our gifts to serve everyone we meet. And when we do, we get to show them a little of what God is like. Unfortunately, it's not always this easy. Peter tells us to serve with the strength that God provides, so it checks out that sometimes we're going to have to lean on him a little in order to use our gifts well. Sometimes our attitude can be in the wrong place. Ed gave us a great talk last week on how important our attitude is, and I've experienced this with my gifts. Sometimes I find myself focusing too much on the gifts and not enough on the gift giver when we do this it puts so much pressure on ourselves and it's no surprise that our self-esteem can take a knock when we're not perfect which we never will be when we focus on the one who made us the giver of these gifts we get closer to this idea from the passage of so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ all the glory and power from this go to him regardless of how we feel about ourselves or how nervous it might sometimes make us When he tells us to use our gifts for him, we follow. Has anyone here ever experienced imposter syndrome? Everyone, pretty much. Yeah, same. Luckily for us, this has been a problem since biblical times and we get to see in the scripture how God responds to it. The exchange between God and Moses at the burning bush is, in my opinion, one of the most relatable in the entire Bible. Moses just keeps giving God all these reasons why he can't possibly lead the Israelites. But as anyone who's read Exodus will know, Moses, with a huge amount of help from God, successfully leads the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. I want to share with you a little conversation I had with God at the last Kingdom Come we had. As Vanessa said, Kingdom Come are those evenings we have once a month where we pray and we worship together. I love Kingdom Come so much because it's always so powerful and I feel like I always hear God speak to me or change my perspective on something. Back in March, when Ed asked me to give this preach, I was outwardly cool as a cucumber, of course. But from then on, this feeling that I wasn't good enough just grew and grew. And by the night of Kingdom Come, I'd probably told myself I was going to fail about a 1,000 times. And of course, I said as much to God I remember being sat there surrounded by all these older, mature Christians, some of whom had probably been serving God for as long as I've been alive. I'm not going to ask who here has been serving God for longer than 21 years, but it's safe to say it's a few. (laughs) Sorry, this is meant to be like a maturity thing, Um, uh, but it made me feel really unqualified to stand up here and speak to all of these people. I felt too young, too inexperienced. And definitely not holy enough. And of course, I said this to God. We went back and forth for a couple of minutes before I said, God, I'm not worthy. And I felt Him say back, But I've told you to do this, and I'm worthy of following. I then, of course, immediately stopped arguing because what do you even say to that? The takeaway from this is that with a huge amount of help from God, we can do anything He tells us. More importantly, God has proven himself worthy of both our trust and our obedience. Even if we don't always feel like this is true, we have our own lives and the whole Bible as evidence for this. Our passage from Peter says that when we speak, he provides the words, and when we serve, he provides the strength. When he calls, we need only say yes. One thing that I absolutely love about the church and about people in general is how different we all are from one another If you have a quick look at the person next to you, I'm sure you'll see that even at surface level, you are completely different from one another. The same is absolutely true of our gifts. The Bible as a whole describes so many different gifts, and even in this one small passage, the idea of the one who serves can look very different from each other. Throughout this series, we've discussed how the church isn't just the building, but us as the body of Christ— The Bible talks a little more about being the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it describes the church like a physical body, and it says some of us are maybe arms, for example, or eyes or legs. It also says that if we were all the same part, eyes, for example, then the body of Christ would not function nearly so well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 6 says that God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Because of this, we're all so valued and so necessary to the church family, regardless of how valid we think our gifts are. Our differing gifts complement each other, and we should celebrate this instead of comparing ourselves to each other. We chatted about this briefly in my student small group on Thursday, about how it's easy to see someone with a different gift as better than us, and therefore be discouraged. It's even easy to look at someone with the same gift but a different personality type and discount yourself. But if the arm said to the leg, for example, I'm not as good as you, so I'm not gonna do anything, then we'd lose a vital part of what makes us the church. A really good example of this, and she has given me permission to tell you all this story, is that a few weeks back, my housemates and I hosted a worship night for some of our friends. Um, I played the guitar for this, and as I've only just started learning the guitar, this took quite a lot of practice on my part, and therefore quite a lot of time spent strumming in the kitchen. While I was doing this, my housemate Sophie was organizing the whole thing through the group chat, and on the day of, she cleaned the entire house. She didn't complain that she'd cleaned everything and that I didn't really help. She didn't stand up in the lounge and announce that she'd cleaned the whole house. She just did it. She was doing a great job of showing hospitality to each other without grumbling. The church needs people who are gifted at leading, people who are musical, people who are really friendly, people who make a mean cup of tea, and especially people who do admin. And it needs for all of those people to say yes when God calls them to do these things. Finally, I want to really emphasize the last part of this passage, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God loves to partner with us through our gifts, but if we're honest, he's always going to do most of the work. Last summer, I served at a huge kids' camp, and I was in charge of a group of 16 to 17-year-olds for the weekend. Exciting. Unfortunately, at the time, I was severely struggling with an illness that left me really dizzy, really tired, and unable to do anything strenuous. And volunteering at this huge camp especially in a leadership role, felt like an impossible task. Somehow, through borrowing an immense amount of strength from God, I managed the whole weekend with only one nap on the Saturday afternoon. And not only was I able to support these young people spiritually and in their general roles, I actually had fun. The exciting thing was that all these young people knew about my illness, and some of them expressed to me at the end of the weekend that it was so encouraging for their faith to see me do the things that I was doing score. Without even realizing it, I was serving with the strength that God provides so that God might be glorified. Nobody was under any impression that I dragged myself through that weekend. It was all God. Every time I remember this weekend, I'm so amazed and thankful for God's power in this situation. I trusted God in the face of something that felt impossible, and he was glorified because of it. Have you ever felt like God's asked you to do an impossible task? What could trusting him in this situation look like for you? And what could trusting him with the impossible achieve? And when he comes through for us, how can we glorify him better? From God are all good things, and we can only ever give back what he's already given to us, along with as much praise as we can muster. With this in mind, I want to encourage you that when using your gifts, make room to be grateful and to glorify God. As a church, we can use our gifts to love one another better and to love him better. And finally, whenever we think that we can't do something or we've counted ourselves out or maybe we have nothing to offer, we can see that God loves us, intentionally made us and gave us gifts that help shape who we are and how we can work with him. I'd love to invite you to close your eyes if you're comfortable and I'm going to finish in prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you created us lovingly and carefully. Thank you that you are the source of all good things, including our gifts. Help us to use what we've been given to love and to bless those around us. And in all things, let your will be done and let all the glory go to you. Amen. Amen. Gabby, thank you so. Absolutely. Absolutely.